Hey Cairns Multisport crew, it's Giveaway Jeff here with no giveaways but with a hijacked podcast. I'm going to throw now to my partners in crime from the Brisbane office. Alright, Joel and Huey reporting from a coffee shop in the Brisbane office of Cairns Multisport crew. Hello there, Hugh here. So Hugh, what's your favourite part of the podcast? Uh, silence, sometimes. What about Tate's? Oh, Tate's Corner is definitely the highlight of the of the podcast. Very informative, very useful. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if somebody just did a podcast full of Tate's, of Tate Corner sections? Yeah, it'd be the most useful podcast ever made. All right, well, maybe we should send that in and see what happens. Guys, I think that's the best idea to come out of Brisbane since forever. We're going to do just that. The best of Tate's Tech Corner coming right up. Oh, hi there. My name's Tate, and I'm going to do a bit of a Tech Corner for the Strava group today. Um, I thought we might start off with the uh, Strava Labs, and if anyone's had a look at it, it's a quite an interesting uh, set of uh, utilities here. Uh, the first one I'm going to look at is the uh, Global Heat Map, and the Global Heat Map is quite a useful little tool if you're travelling. Uh, interstate or somewhere else and you haven't been for a ride or a run in that location you can bring up the global heat map and have a look at the most popular areas and tracks that you have uh, would like to go and visit. Um, the next one is the product project kudos and you can actually have a look to see who is giving you kudos and who is not. Quite an interesting little uh, set of uh, statistics there that you can find out who is the who's given you the most kudos for the particular activity um, over your timeline uh, see if you're getting more popular or less popular um, you've got a punch card and the top athletes that gives you kudos and who you give kudos back to the next one is uh, you might have already heard of and that's called the flyby um, simply is that when, when you go for a ride you can find out who you rode with or who you flew past um, quite an interesting set of statistics there as well the, really the most interesting thing is you've got four columns across there you've got an F for flybys um, that tells you who you went past it has to be within 50 metres um, your next one you have a percentage of what they call correlation of your activity um, that means if you get higher that percentage there that means you're more than likely uh, we're riding with them um, and then you've got your spatial correlation which is more or less the, uh, the how close you were with them at that time and then the distance you spent with them really helpful um, when you're doing a race you want to find out when you pulled away or when you got dropped off or if you just want to be a real big stalker um, the next one I'll probably say is a, uh, quite an interesting one is called the roster and the roster tells you what type of social ride you are um, i'm a lone wolf um i spent about 73 percent of my time alone riding which is a bit uh probably creepy at times but anyway um but you can find out who's running with you who's cycling with you and other activities quite an interesting little um little project there so go and check them out they're all available on your strava account and um hopefully next week i'll give you another update thank you Hi there guys, this is Tate from the Fitness Tech Corner. I thought I might talk about our expensive little watches on our wrists. We are now approaching the 70.3 or our full Ironman in cans and one of the most important factors for this particular race is our aerobic endurance. How can we measure that? How do we know that we have the aerobic base to be able to complete the race in a reasonable amount of time? So without further ado, I'm going to talk about our little watch and how it can help us to achieve that. Using our watch, we're going to calculate whether our heart rate is decoupling from our pace or power. For example, if we start our run and we are holding 5 minutes per kilometre with a heart rate of 150, and at the end of the run, our heart rate has increased to 160 or 165, but our pace has maintained, that's what we call cardio drift. And then there is also the opposite. That means if, for instance, if you started a race at 5 minutes per kilometre, with a heart rate of 150 and at the end of the race you have maintained the same heart rate of say 150 but your pace has decreased then this is what we call fatigue. The way we go about measuring this is in our test conditions. 
This means that you've got to be fresh, you've got to be not too hot a day, you've got to find a flat track with no hills, and you've got to maintain a zone 3 heart rate. And if you don't know where your zone 3 is, you can find it on your Garmin Connect uh, on, your, on your website or on your watch. But zone 3 for your heart rate, and if you've got a bike, it's going to be your zone 3 power. And we want to try and stay within that zone 3 for the test. Now you can download a little data field called Cardio Drift. I'll send the link for it. And you can install this data field on your watch. And it's going to calculate your drift. That means we will calculate your decoupling. A, a decoupling of greater than 5% will indicate your endurance is not quite there and you need to spend some more time. Now the way you do this is that you need to be, for the, something like the Cairns Half Marathon, you probably need to be running somewhere between an hour to an hour and a half on a test track, say at Barlow Park, or on your trainer if you've got a power meter, but a flat track, not too hot, you've got to be well rested. Another way of doing this is setting an alarm on the upper end heart rate of zone 3. Most watches support this, certainly the Garmin does. By setting this, you can go out and do your test with an alarm. And when that alarm goes off, you know that you have to then focus on your formal technique to reduce your heart rate, but try to maintain a good pace. This is certainly a lot healthier approach than, than trying to maintain pace but let your heart rate exceed. I also have this alarm going off on my longer endurance races. So certainly with a 70.3, I will have this alarm go off. And it just reminds me that I may have to just calm down a bit, uh, focus on my form, focus on the race and not get too excited. Another great data field you can install on your watch is called efficiency of running. It will also calculate how many heartbeats it takes to cover a certain distance. Very similar, it's looking at decoupling. Another little tip is I set my watch to go off an alarm every 20 minutes and this reminds me to check my nutrition, make sure I take on the fluid, I have a look at my technique, am I relaxed on the bike, am my running form is good and it's a bit, of a, a bit of an alert because sometimes in the excitement of the race you may actually, time flies pretty quick and it's really important that you look after yourself while you're on the bike or running and having this little 20 minute alarm going off just reminds you to do a bit of a self check. Well that wraps it up now, I hope you found this informative. I will gather some links on how to calculate your zone 3, where to find these data fields. Have a safe week on the road or running. Um, talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Tate again, talking about fitness and technology. This week I'm going to talk about swimming and your watch. And the following two, if we're still about, will be certainly on bike and running. So to start it off, I'm just going to talk about some general settings that you can do to the Garmin watch. Now this is going to be about the Garmin watch because that's the only watch I have. So the first thing you need to do is make sure it has a good GPS. So under your system settings, there is an option to turn on GLONASS and it's off by default. This gives you additional 24 satellites, Russian satellites, and will increase your accuracy by about half, but more importantly, it will lock on a lot quicker. The next setting, just near that setting, is recording. By default, Garmin sets it to smart recording and it tries to guess, or not necessarily guess, but tries to reduce the number of points it records by reviewing each time it samples the GPS location. I prefer to turn this to one second and this stops you getting some rough corners when you're running around uh, suburbia or you're swimming uh, in a lake or something like that. So set it to one second. It does not take any more battery, all right? It does not, it still samples like the smart recording, but it samples regardless every one second. We'll talk about pool swimming first. So let's go into the pool swim setting activity and under activities there you'll see a thing called data screens. Find on the data screen a thing called drill log. Turn this on. What this will allow you to do is when you're doing your drills you can select this from your menu, select this screen when you're actually doing it and you can start and stop your drill by using your lap button. This will exclude the drills from your normal stroke, freestyle stroke. And that way you do get a very accurate understanding of how you're improving over time without, without having to worry about your slow drills that might be influencing that time during your training. The next setting I would change is a data screen called rest screen. Under that data 
activity, you'll find under data screens, rest screen. You need to turn this on. Now you can have up to four fields, data fields on this screen. The ones that I have is rest timer and repeat on. And what this allows you to do is when your coach tells you you must go and do five 100s at two minutes or 150, you can then watch your repeat on. And that would, so when you hit the wall, you hit the lap button and you'll see there um, the repeat on continually to do count up. Then on the rest timer will tell you where, how long you've rested for. So if the coach tells you, oh, you've got to do 140s uh, with a 15 second rest, you look at the rest timer. The other, you can put another two fields on that rest screen. I tend to put my interval distance or pace or your interval time and stroke rate. Now you can choose any number of fields you want, but certainly I would certainly be looking at something that might be useful. So I would be looking at my stroke rate or length and my pace on the other two screens. The next couple of screens, I have one, the next screen is called the overall. And what I put in this one is a simple one. So I set up a uh, four fields. One has a timer and distance, overall time and distance, time of day and the number of lengths I've done in the pool. Not terribly useful, but probably the time of day is probably more important to make sure I don't miss work. My last screen is called my efficiency screen. I use it when I'm doing my, my tests or trying to improve my distance per stroke. The first field, I call it, it's the interval stroke rate. So that is how many times your arm per minute that's wearing the watch makes a full pull and recovery. The next field is what we call interval strokes per length. So for the length of the pull that this watch has been set for, how many times does your arm do a pull and recovery? And the next two is what we call just the same as the first two, except they just measure the last length of the pull that you've done. Quite handy, it's good for when the coach says please count the strokes and you don't feel like counting them, you can use this screen to do it for you. Now for open water, there's not a huge amount you can actually see when you're out there. So keeping your screens quite simple is the best thing here. So I just have my pace, my time and my distance on my main screen. Uh, when, uh, when you're doing some maybe some intervals out in the open ocean or in a lake or something like that, you can certainly have an interval screen there as well to show you how your intervals are going. The other little tip I'll give you is on race day, um, this has happened to me once where I've accidentally hit the stop button uh, when taking, putting the wetsuit over the top of the watch once I've started. Um, what you can do is you can actually hold down the menu button and the menu button for at least one or two seconds and you'll get the option to lock the watch. And you can then sit lock and then any of the buttons won't uh, affect the, the watch timer. To unlock it, you've got to hold down the menu button for a second again, and you get the option to unlock. It will unlock automatically for you, so it's quite quick to unlock. The other thing is that you're from that menu option there, if you hold it down for one second, you actually can change the data fields as well. If you want to, for instance, if you're in the pool and you're not seeing the right information, you can actually edit them there on the spot without having to go through the settings and everything. Well, thanks, guys. I hope you might get something out of this today. I will send some links through and have a safe week training. Hi guys, we're going to talk about using our technology for our safety this week. A vast majority of us take our smartphone with us when we go on our group rides. So there's four apps I would like to talk about, but there are many others out there. But the most common ones are Google Maps. And Google Maps allows you to share your location for a period of time. Just go up to the menu and you'll see location sharing. The next one is Messenger, and this is probably a bit unknown one, but you can actually, be, as you type in your message, there's a little plus sign down the bottom, and you can actually share your location with your message. And again, you can share that for a period of time. And there's another app, and they're available on Android and iOS, but there's another one that's also cross-platform called Glimpse, that's G-L-Y-M-P-S-E. And that's very similar to those two. But you can share your location for a set period of time or share it indefinitely with your family and friends. The last app I'd like to mention is Find My Friends on the iOS device. And the reason why I mention this one separately is it's a lot friendlier on the battery than the other three. The other three are constantly pushing their location to a server where you are then grabbing the location from. Whereas Find My Friends actually only pushes when it's being requested. So when your family or friends want your location, it will actually ping the Apple servers and the Apple servers will leave a message there. So next time your phone contacts it, which it can be up to 15 to 30 seconds, it will then only then turn on the GPS on your device and then send its location to you. And so therefore it's a lot better on the battery. 
The next two is using the hardware. So I'm talking about the Wahoo Element or Mini and the Garmin Edge cycling computers. And certainly the, some of the later watches can also do this. They both have uh, live track. And what they do is they actually are using the GPS hardware in the actual device itself and then transmitting that to the phone on when requested. So it's a lot better on the battery. The other plus with the Garmin devices is they have incident detection. It has a, a uh, gyroscope with inside the or accelerometer, sorry, inside the actual device and it will try to detect if you've had a sudden impact or sudden tilt of the bike or sudden deceleration. It does have some false positives, but the one instance I've had, it actually attempted to contact your allocated contacts and send them an SMS giving your location or where the incident occurred. The other one, if you're fortunate enough if to have the Strava Premium, is that you can actually integrate the live track from your Garmin Edge or from your Wahoo, I believe, and it will then allow you to send out beacons. So Strava Premium has a beacon capability, which is very similar to your messages in Google Maps, where you can temporarily share your location, but it integrates with your Garmin Edge or your watch um, GPS system. So again, it's better on the battery. The last thing I can talk about is if you need to contact emergency. That means you've been involved in an accident or you found someone that's injured. So the first thing you can do is you can use your quickly and on someone else's phone as well is to hit the power button five times on iOS or three times on an Android. Now if it has been set up correctly it will then contact emergency um, immediately. You can have the iOS auto call if you wish under settings SOS. I will send links for both of these things. Uh, Android you need to set up your settings there as well. With the iOS once the emergency call has been made it will send out the location of where the, where the phone is to your nominated contacts. With Android it will do the same thing but also take sound and video at the same time. So remember I'll send out links to this but certainly set that up because it's really good if you do help need to help someone. With iOS you can set up your medical ID tag through the medical health app and that will certainly help someone as well if they need to find out if you need any special attention. Well that's it for today. I hope you have a safe training sessions this week and I'll speak to you next week. Thank you very much. Bye. This is Tate here from the Fitness Tech Corner. The first thing I'd like to cover off is the question I got asked by John on Barlow Park the other night. He asked, why is my watch skipping laps when I'm swimming? John has a 920 XT Garmin with accelerometer built inside it. And if you're swimming with one of these type of watches, it doesn't use the GPS to determine your laps. So what happens is it tries to detect when you've reached the wall. Now, two things can go wrong is that if you were to stop during the swim or during your 50 meter swim or 25 meter swim, it might actually think you've reached the wall. Or vice versa, you've reached a wall and you've reached up and you've grabbed it and then you've paused or you haven't really paused and you just continued on with your hand up in the air. It still thinks you're making the recovery or the pull action of the arm going underneath the water. So one thing I would suggest is, is to start to do flip turns. The benefit of flip turns is that it, it helps you to breathe better simply by the fact that you actually have to exhale more air empty your lungs as you do the flip underneath the water and then you push back off. I've never had a problem in counting laps with my watch since I've started doing those and one thing it has helped me to do is become a better breather. So I would certainly suggest you learn to do some flip turns and you'll find that your watch will be giving a much more accurate result. The next topic I would like to talk briefly about is running cadence. It is always a fairly uh, hot topic to discuss but certainly there is no correct cadence out there. What's more important is making sure that the cadence you do run at is going to be sustainable, injury free and the most efficient for your own body type. As I said before, there's no magic number. However, if your cadence is at around 160 or, one, or low 170s, then I would consider trying to increase that cadence. What we are trying to achieve is a high turnover of your legs to reduce the amount of ground contact time it has. With good posture and making sure that you stand tall and with your wrists near your hips, imagine they're attached to your hips with elastic bands and you're sending your elbows back, you will then gradually lean forward and you'll feel this 
momentum of you leaning forward and letting the gravity take you forward. By doing this and getting your posture up top correct and then, then having a high turnover, the result will be that your forefoot won't overstride. That means it won't land out in front of you and it will land hopefully in line of your hips to in line with the ground. So to achieve this at training, I would take your cadence and then add 5%. So if your cadence is 160 per minute, I would make it 168. And then I would set my watch to, for an alarm at that low level. Now, make these short runs, don't make them long runs, but what you want to try to do is to increase it by 5%, not much more than that, and then to get used to it. So when the alarm goes off, you then refocus back onto increasing that cadence. Again, look at where your, uh, your posture up top is, making sure your elbows go back, and then you'll probably find that things down below will sort themselves out. All right, that's it for me today. Hope you have a good week training, and I'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Tate here from Fitness Tech Corner. Today I'm going to be talking about a post-review of the Cairns Ironman race on the weekend. It was certainly great to see so many people out there enjoying themselves as an individual or as in a team. I certainly had family there and lots of close friends competing. The water was a nice 22.1 degrees. Wetsuits were optional, but a vast majority of people did wear them. The first thing we did notice was the morning was quite warm, hence we had a bit of a wind pickup. It was around about 18 kilometers an hour from the southeast, and so swimming out to the southeast was a bit challenging. It was certainly choppy. Making that turn around those first two pink boys uh, was certainly a, a lot of fun, but certainly as we made our way back, we certainly felt the swell push us forward. One of the tricky things here was sighting, so one of the take-home tips from today is really is sighting often was uh, probably a very uh, good strategy because the swell was actually pushing us from left to right quite a fair bit and so the sighting often at the right time is absolutely critical so timing that sighting as you made the top of the swell was uh, a good way of seeing forward to see those the boys in front of you it certainly made it difficult when they were the same color as the life surf rescuers but certainly we were all grateful for their presence a vast majority of people did report it was a tough swim and times were slightly slower than previous year. I would say somewhere in the vicinity of around about 10 seconds per 100 metres. But certainly everybody um, found the swim a challenge and I think that's a, one part of a good triathlon. With the cycle leg, the transition was a lot shorter than previous years, which made it quick to get on the bike. I really appreciated that. The first thing we all noticed was that the wind we had picked up and I certainly was expecting it to be a little bit later in the ride. So the uh, it started off around about that 18 kilometers an hour from the southeasterly and it actually didn't really move from that. It went up to 18 to 19, but came down around about 17. So certainly getting out to that first turn, you did have that benefit of the little wind behind you. And then making that turn around and heading back was certainly the challenge. For myself personally, uh, the, my power ratings were very close to last year's output. However, that didn't translate to speed. So the wind did have an impact quite early on and you would have felt that as we came around the top of that coast. The take home tip for today is, is about staying low in aero. Uh, certainly if you're on a road bike, it was getting onto your drops and on the TT bike is to stay in that aero position. And I certainly did start to see some riders towards the last 30 Ks on tri bikes um, struggling. Um, and then you could see them getting onto their climbers and they really should have been down low on their arrows and staying there a lot. So the, uh, simply a uh, good take home tip is, is spend a lot of time training on your tri bike um, to, on those long 20 minute, 30 minute intervals because certainly staying low in this particular instance was the benefit of coming home strong. Once we arrived in Cairns, certainly the Hard bike ride in had an impact on a lot of people's run times. It was certainly evident in my age group where times were down by a good 10 minutes. The run itself was a nice cool 24, 25 degrees, so potentially a very fast run for those people with good fresh legs. And we certainly did see some good times out there, especially in the teams. And it was great to see there's so much support there for everybody. And it certainly does uh, help a lot when you're in a little bit of pain to hear your name to be cheered out. And I was very grateful for all the support out there.
one of the take-home tips from this is that if you did have a really challenging ride and you were coming off the bike, um, one of the things is, is to try to keep good splits. That means not to go out too hard with the potential of blowing up. And certainly I had to, I did struggle with that on the day. Uh, certainly some of the people did some really good runs and they were able to keep some really good splits, which is great to see. In summary, in the swim, sight often. Time your sightings with the swell. In the bike, stay aero as long as you possibly can. That means do all your training on aero bars as much as possible when leading up to a big event like this. And in the run, try and maintain good form when things are not working out. Focus on that and focus on keeping uh, good, constant, uh, even splits. All right then, I hope you all enjoyed the Cairns Ironman on the weekend and I'm really looking forward to next year and certainly it was great to have everyone out there supporting everyone. All right then, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, it's Tay here again. This week we're going to talk about indoor trainers, especially with the weather being so poor recently. It's certainly a lot harder to get out on the bike. So this week I'm going to chat about the things that you should look out for if you're going to be buying an indoor trainer. So why would you want to invest in an indoor trainer? Well, we spoke about safety, but secondly, it's about also allowing you to focus on things like your intensity, your interval training, and also your technique. Without the concerns of stoplights, traffic, or getting a decent distance to complete an interval. We have this term called micro rests. So when you're out in open road, we have these small rests here and there, going down a hill, backpedaling, coming up to lights. So all these little rests add up together. However, when we're on a trainer with constant resistance, those micro rests are very difficult to come by. And therefore, a lot of people say it's up to 1.5 times more effective to be on a trainer when doing intervals or technique intensity training. Fourthly, there's a thing called ergometer for electronic trainers, or short is ERG. What this is, is the computer system controlling the electronic trainer is forcing you to meet certain power targets. Based on your training program, you all have intervals that are set and the ERG will make you hit those power targets and there's no hiding. If you can't meet that power target, you'll just come to a halt. Lastly, if you're a triathlete, I quite like the trainer because it allows me to do brick sessions. So it allows me to set up in the house or outside, do my exact plan that I want to do, the exact power I want to put out, and then jump off the bike off the trainer and then I'm out running straight away. So it's very handy. I don't have to worry about locking up my bike somewhere at the pool or go somewhere else. It's quite convenient. When looking at purchasing a trainer, price is obviously an important factor. Starting from around about 50 bucks for something really, really cheap, all the way up to 1500 to $2,000. Next is build quality. Look at the quality of the build. They are quite heavy and sturdy. Uh, so keep that in consideration. Connectivity is really important. I will be looking for something with Ant Plus FE-C that stands for Fitness Equipment Control. That will give you the most support across the software out there like Swift and Trainer Road. Next is noise. Certainly the fluid or the magnetic style of trainer are the quietest. If you go for a wind resistance one, they are certainly more noisy uh, and I would be considering what your neighbours might be thinking or if you're in a unit. Lastly, attaching your bike to a trainer, there's two styles, the one that you push the levers against your skewer, you leave your wheel on. I would certainly, if you are doing that, I would look for a cheap uh, wheel to put in because it, do, it does wear down your tyre quite rapidly. The second style is a more expensive style, is the cassette style one where you actually remove your wheel and you just um, put your chain over the and a cassette that's already attached to the trainer. If you think you're not going to use electronic trainer and the price is probably a little bit steep, I would be looking at getting a cheaper fluid or magnetic manual trainer. You will need a cadence sensor to assist you because with the cadence sensor, Trainer Road and Swift support this idea of virtual power and they will actually determine a virtual power that you're putting out based on the model of your trainer. So certainly I'll send some links out afterwards so you can have a look at what trainer, uh, trainers they support. Another alternative is to get a cheap fluid or magnetic trainer and purchase a power meter for your bike. 
Now these are costly as well, but what it will allow you to do is get an accurate power reading while you're on the trainer. And that will certainly um, avoid the need of having what we call virtual power. And you get a bit more, a lot realistic power output while you're training and it'll be the same when you're out, outdoors as well. There is literally 20, 30 different trainers out there on the market. So we'll drop some good links of some reviews of trainers and they would usually give you quite a good breakdown about the things we discussed today. The main benefit of a trainer is not only about safety, but it also is about bringing your cycling up to the next level. Being able to focus on meeting your power targets, getting those intervals done correctly, focus on good technique and good posture. So certainly if you are looking at taking your cycling up to that next level, I would certainly look in at investing in a, a decent trainer. Well, that's all for this week. Hopefully I'll get some time to talk about actual trainer software as well at another episode. So keep safe and keep out of the rain if you can. Hi guys, this is Tate again from Fitness Tech Corner. Today I talk about data-driven performance. This is the process of using the data that we collect. I suppose these are our reference points, our data points that we collect on our expensive watches or through our computers on our bike or through our devices that we wear on ourselves like heart rate monitors or power gauges. So this is the process of collecting that data and making objective decisions about what we do with it. So what training we do and how we perform or how we get more efficient. I won't have time to go through the whole process of data-driven performance. So today is just going to be a high-level overview and maybe get you thinking about the decisions that you make when you are talking to your coach or if you're self-coaching, what kind of things you could go out and read and study. So what type of decisions do you make every day when it comes to training? Obviously, if you have an existing health or, or any injuries, that would have a huge influence on the type of training or the intensity of the training that you'd perform. You may have a, a big race ahead of you, like the Pyramid Race or a, the Ironman, and so that will also have a huge influence on the type of training you perform. Or it could be fellow athletes, blog, podcasts, magazines that you've read, or just knowledge that you've acquired over many, many years. Except for health and existing injuries, majority of what we obtain is very subjective. That means it's not really being customized to your particular needs or future requirements. So this is where data-driven performance can help you make good decisions, or at least point you in the right direction. The benefits of data-driven performance is that it's a record of what really happened. So when you go for a race, it will describe exactly what happened out there. It removes the subjectiveness from training, therefore you, it's not subscribed. That means when you're going out there, you're actually doing something that is actually targeting potentially a weakness that you have, or it's, it's targeting a future demand that you're going to be putting on your body. It also tells you when to rest and when to push yourself. It also gives you the most importantly, it gives you confidence in your abilities to be able to complete, maybe for instance, complete the race, or maybe even to reach your PBs. And really, most of all, it tells you when you are improving and when you're not. The most basic form of data points that we already collect, and you probably don't know it, is when we're doing our segments, or we're doing our Strava segments, and trying to beat your previous PB. So if you are training to do an Ironman and you find a segment that's appropriate, that would be a longer segment for the bike, for instance, then if you are doing your training correctly, then you should see a PB on that segment. For swimming, it would be a 1K swim test. So you would do this test approximately every four to six weeks. For running, you would go to somewhere like Barlow Park or somewhere flat, or if it's a hill, the same hill um, each time. Important that it's repeatable. And you would then perform this every four to six weeks. Just simply by using a stopwatch, you should be able to then determine whether or not you are improving. With a bike though, if you do have a power meter, then you are going to get a lot more accurate measure of your ability or your current performance. When you couple a heart rate monitor with those particular tests, you then start to delve into the area of efficiency. How efficient is your body at generating that power or that speed? 
in the pool or running. In a previous podcast, I talked about decoupling, and this is a combination of using a heart rate monitor with, say, a power meter on a bike or your running pace from your watch. And this will give you a, a baseline understanding of your endurance capability. Once you've completed your test or completed a race, you can start to examine your data files and start to look for weaknesses or the areas of where you need to improve. I won't have time to go through every sport, so I'm just going to give some examples and then I'll give you some reference material that you can go and look up later. For example, in running, if your heart rate was increasing but your pace was maintaining for the distance that you require, then you know then that potentially your base endurance is not quite up to scratch. Therefore, your future training should probably be more focused on longer, slower runs. Alternatively, if your heart rate was maintaining yet your pace was dropping, that means you're getting slower, then you can infer your muscular strength is lacking. Therefore, intervals or hill work will be required in future training to increase your muscular strength. If you're self-coaching, then a data-driven performance approach is extremely valuable because you have no one else giving you feedback. So getting these objective facts will certainly improve how you train. If you are being coached, it's important that you ask questions. They should be looking at your data files and making informed, objective decisions about the training that you need to do to meet your goals. Remember, everyone's different. We all come with different skills and experience. Therefore, we can't just use those template plans. Therefore, using a data-driven approach to your decision-making is going to make the most out of those skills and experience and focus on the areas where you can improve. Over the coming weeks, I would like to cover some more areas of data-driven performance. But if you want to learn more about it, I highly recommend you grab a book by Jim Vance called Triathlon 2.0, Data-Driven Performance Training. This will give you a great insight into how you can use the data that you collect every day to make good decisions about your training. Well, that's it for this week. And if you are competing in the Coral Coast Triathlon this weekend, have a great time and enjoy yourself. Bye-bye. Okay, we're back. Thanks for that little music thing you played there, Camp. It was deep, man. It was so, but really worked out well. It just must be telepathy or something, but Tate walked in as we were sitting here. And, yoga. Um, yoga, yeah. We just communicated on a different level. We connected to the earth. And we've got Tate. He's been, he's been a busy man, as we totally understand, and there's certainly no pressure for anyone to send in recordings and that kind of stuff. Um, but if you can, that's awesome. But Tate said he'll meet us here, which is great. Between yeah, Between 12 and 1, and hey, we're right on point. I actually got you on time. Logan Blackbird. Yeah, so yeah, Tate, right. thanks for being here. It's good to do our second into a face-to-face face <laughs> um, interview again. So while we've got you, mainly is to talk about the Coral Coast Triathlon that happened two days ago on the weekend. So, Yeah, so this is the first time we've put the Coral Coast at Yorkies Knob. Um, it's usually been at Port Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's probably more important is the first time we've done a standard distance, which is Olympic distance yeah. at Yorkies. Because okay, so it's always so, been the shorter so ones yeah, at Yorkies. Yeah, yeah. So it is. And usually the uh, sprints are the largest, so that's the 750-metre swim. 20 20k ride and the 5k run Mm -hmm. so this is obviously double that and so we had to yeah we went well actually well the initial feedback's been really good I mean it was absolutely perfect conditions on the weekend it was magic yeah that ocean was just I saw the photo you put up yeah so yeah yeah, it was um, so it was all open to fast stuff but also, more importantly, it was a really good time for beginners or people mm-hmm. who have never done triathlon before to either, either do a, yeah. a enticer or, or a sprint, yep. but more importantly, for someone to step up to the standard distance. Okay, because right. that, that's um, uh, certainly the, yeah. with a club and doing a standard distance, it's not a It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. yeah, before Ironman became so popular, like standard distance was. Yeah. So yeah. If, you, if you're doing an enticer, what are the distances for the enticer in the sprint? Oh, um, so the, it's half more or less half-half. So you, you're okay. about 400 metres swim. Uh, it's a 10-kilometre ride. I can see Campbell yeah. doing the math in his head. Yeah. It's and not uh, working uh, out so well then. Two and <laughs> half, uh, about two and a half kilometre run yeah. usually. Okay. usually. So okay. it, it depends on the loops. And you can be under 18? Like yes. Kids could do that as well? Okay. Yeah, so the... Over um, 50? Yeah, so... 
So once you get, um, I think it's uh, 15, you can do uh, the sprint. Sprint. Oh, 14, right, right. 15, okay. there are rules um, yeah, that yeah. you kick in at certain ages. Oh, that's great but for the kids. Mm. But certainly for people that haven't done a uh, Olympic yep. uh, standard distance, mm. uh, we've got to call it standard distance. Oh, right. So it's not Oh, really? Not is, it, is the Olympic being copyrighted or something? Yeah, like so I think oh, there's really? something to do with that. So we've got to continually yeah. call it standard. But yeah, wow. we also worry about all the copyright stuff. And we've also got to follow certain <laughs> protocol in this podcast. Oh, okay. We just yeah. say whatever, right? Yes. So we had about uh, we had about 140 competitors, which oh, for actually we are 140, which is which is quite good considering, yeah, as you yeah. know, this is probably one of the most which was the busiest weekend ever. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so much going on. And I remember so last week listening to Warren talking about everything that was on this week. It took like 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's oh. it's, it's so we're we're pretty happy with the numbers. Oh. I mean, yeah. obviously also new location. Yep. Um, the run worked out quite well actually. It was full on. Yeah. Well, it was just a short bit along the Esplanade but then it went some of the back streets, the streets. Oh, yeah. nice. but it was yeah. actually quite good actually it's a bit of shaded area which is quite um, oh, yeah, which is oh, yeah, we're, oh, we're a bit yeah. concerned it might yeah. be exposed yeah. but actually he yeah. actually had shade on because um, I know Port Douglas the run's pretty much in the sun it's not yeah, the beach that, yeah. that hurts tough, yeah, yeah, yeah it, tough it is hurt. a tough one yeah. um, but certainly I think it's uh, if the feedback's good from uh, club members then I think send we, us any feedback if you're listening to yeah, this yeah get yeah. feedback is we'll more importantly the ride was pretty safe. It was open road ride, so we had to be a little bit more cautious. So oh, that so meant, closed so, the cars. Yeah, yeah, not completely closed, but, okay. they, but they had uh, traffic control at the uh, at the end where the turnaround is. Saddle, what's it? Um, that venture. Oh, uh, the horse, yeah. horse riding. Motorbiking, quad biking. Yeah, blazing saddles. Blazing saddles. So we did the turnaround there. Shout out to blazing saddles. Yeah, so there was four. That was a great movie, actually. Don't move, or the black guy gets it. Yeah. Have you seen it? No, oh, no, it probably was, it probably was, wasn't uh, on the Your yeah. favourite was Breakback. <laughs> <laughs> so, so carry on, right? Eh? No offence so, there. So we um, certainly had some of the uh, some fast um, Olympic people there, which was good. Mm. So it made a really yep. exciting finishes for some, yeah, especially yeah. the ladies there, it was Megan Henry and uh, uh, Sarah. And you there. personally, how did you go? Oh, I, did, I think I got seventh in the males. Oh, well done. Overall, you so, happy? Yeah, no, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah. Just yeah. trying some new nutrition out. Okay, okay. you told me about so, that. Yeah. New so, gels or something? No, or no, a liquid, completely liquid based. Okay. Uh, so no um, yep. chewing. Yep. Yeah, right. Um, so mm. you can get actually get all your carbohydrates now through mostly liquid. You can mm. actually do mm. it. Do you want to tell gels. us what it was or you, what it was? Oh, or you want to keep it secret? Oh, so we might make it to the sponsor. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah we so might need to contact them. Yeah, 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 okay, sorry. Commercially confident, man. Banana? Banana, yeah. So, no, there's quite a few. That's probably another thing we could talk about sponsorship. But for certain people who want to do Olympic size, it's standard size, it's the first time nutrition actually kicks in. Okay. And the shorter yeah, ones, yeah. it doesn't make a difference. Well, using sprint, all your yeah, you kind of reserves. already got the reserve there. So okay. Probably sprint. That's well, using itself. Yeah. Sprint itself is like, once you hit that two-hour mark, it, you kind of yeah. uh, yes, you do need to. You need speak, you've got to be okay. thinking around about an hour and a half in. Okay, right. That you're going to be eating. But certainly, uh, no. So the 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 cycle went well. There's uh, no incidents of a heard of uh, or anything like that. And the run went really well. So I think overall um, we had some a little bit of an issue with the timing, but all the results okay. came in that night. Yeah, great. So we posted them. So so you you results, about that. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I mean, yeah. certainly, if you know uh, any of that. Um, Actually, I, know, I saw on Facebook a lot of a lot of people were doing it for their first time. Yeah, right? I saw Darrell so the first time doing standard distance, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Trudy Therese, who we yeah. Trudy Truen, who we interviewed later, yeah. first time doing any type of um, triathlon. So yeah, so, right. yeah. really, really nice to didn't have great conditions there. Eh? So yeah, yeah certainly um, uh, the, the fastest he was Tim Green, mm, uh, 21, 21, just under 22 minutes for his swim. Oh wow. 103 and a bit for his cycle. So yeah, that's averaging just under 40, 40 k's an, an hour. hour. So wow. when you were, Did you make it out just in the head? Well, it's a 40 k cycle. So. Oh right, yeah. I <laughs> that makes sense. I get that even. Dominic's so no, no, there was certainly a, it was quite packed in that. that, yeah. that two twenty. What was his run time? Sorry. Uh, 41, 41, 41 for ten k far out. So wow. I think that concluded the transition time in it. So it's probably okay. actually a bit quicker than that. Oh, What's goodness. his name? Uh, Tim Green. Tim, Tim Green. Then. Yeah, so, well done, Tim. Uh, and obviously we had uh, uh, Sarah Thomas and we had uh, Megan Henry and mm-hmm. the ladies that were following okay. along. And I actually was uh, listening out as I was running. Yeah. There was there were only thirty seconds. Oh, between each other. And Sarah was catching oh, up to me. Oh, that's It was actually quite a good race. Are they end. both local Cairns? Yes, people? yes they are. Yeah. So, um, uh, Megan as well as, um, uh, I think, 
Megan's certainly going to world championships. Right. Um, so we had that, yeah, it was actually. Hey, you, I just see you've been pretty humble here. Looks like you. Uh, oh, you smashed it in your age category. You won it. Yeah, yeah. no, that no, was good. And I did a good cycle. I thought, well, that's pretty. Actually, I was just thought. Oh, 105, far out. Good work. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it'd be disrespectful, but you would have been yeah, a, little bit, a little bit better than that. But yeah, it's a work in progress. Um, you run, you smashed it. Yeah, so it's um, and no, it came along uh, quite well uh, overall, mm-hmm. and I think the committee did an excellent job. Yeah, and all the volunteers, we can't yeah, do yeah, it without yeah. the ideas. That's always so important. So big important. shout out to the volunteers. Did you have enough? Like, is it? Yeah, so, it's always hard. Yeah, it's always hard. Up. They're getting the sign up front, yeah. and then, um, mm-hmm. but they they do all come out, and um, we, yeah, generally at the last minute. minute um, so it is sometimes difficult. And the most important thing is we get as many people out in the course yeah. to help yeah. with um, uh, directing the air and safety, um, safety and things. It's the main important thing, and we had the. Motorcyclists out there. Oh, right. do, uh, so you think going forward it'll probably be at? Um, oh, at your it depends on the committee and, and what okay. the club members want. That would yep. be the yep. big thing. It's it's one of the biggest reasons that people know is that I mean obviously Cairns Crocs is a, uh, a non-profit organisation. Mm-hmm. We we don't um, what profit we do make goes back into the club. Um, but like us, yeah. Except for those t-shirts you took on the side. <laughs> sorry, take, sorry. And no um, profit there. <laughs> but the biggest cost we have is traffic control. Yeah. So they give you an it? idea. Something um, uh, at uh, Port Douglas is around about fifteen thousand dollars worth oh, right. of traffic because of all the intersections that we have to mm. that have to be managed. And if you've got a small sort of membership yeah. base, or yeah. So you did, and and so yeah, the, well. and people might think that this is costly. Some of these entry yeah, yeah, fees, but. Yeah. Well, yes. Last year we we didn't make. um, I mean, I wasn't part of the committee last year, but from what I understand, we didn't make any. We lost money at. um, I did hear that. Yes. So, so Yorkies, and we're hoping we turn it around. So it's cheaper as far as the traffic goes because of lack of intersections. Okay. Okay. You have to be manned. That's really good to know. So I guess you guys, when you're planning courses, you try and avoid that sort of thing. Like you're trying to look at how you can make it safety first. Yes. Cost effective for everybody, but also cheap. Cut out some of the traffic management. Yes. So that's. Um, and we do really need the traffic management there. Uh, yeah. We can't. We can't actually put can't it on get a license device for it. So we need to get police. We need to get council support. Okay. So Cairns um, City Council is, they support us there. Uh, we just oh, need shout out Nick, Nick. Nick. Yeah. yeah you so probably looked at that. Yeah. JT and can you do us a favour for, for next um, event? Just sign Cairns Crocs. Yeah. Free. Can you just give them a bit of a discount or something? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Nick will look after us. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, good I got to take my parking ticket to him as well. Hey, mine. Oh, I got as well. I got another one. Are you still going to pay for mine? No. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but no, that's a, so you a good day. Yeah, no, beautiful day. Yeah, yeah so I can't see anyone complaining about the weather. And no, it oh, yeah, was down the criterium, and yeah, it was it was yeah. lovely. You just yeah, no so excuses for going. And slow. I suppose it all yeah. starts up again this weekend. A tour of the tropics yeah, on the yeah, tablelands. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. okay. So Friday's just... down at um, Collins Avenue, Nedgill. Oh. That's a criterium, and then yeah. everything up in Melanda Way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it actually right, goes yeah. right in front of my house. Are you doing some? I'm going to go on the on the Saturday morning. Saturday, yeah. Have fun time, and then. We were off to then my family's off to Townsville Running Festival on Sunday. Oh, right. This so, weekend? Yes. yes. Okay. You're doing that? Yeah, doing a run, yes. yes doing so. a full marathon? No, no, okay. just doing the 10K. Oh, okay. I don't okay. know. Okay. That's right. So I'm just um, And when's the, uh, when's the next, uh, is there another triathlon coming up? Yes, yeah, so we, we are, we'll be looking at the, uh, one of the things is the long course, so we'll be putting out something What's soon. Long? What's long? Yeah, like 70.3. It's somewhere between a 70.3 and oh, cool. standard distance yeah, okay. up on the okay. tablelands. Yep. Um, it's uh, it's quite challenging. Yeah. Um, it, we had it because of water levels last year. We actually got put into a duathlon, and oh, it was yeah. probably for me personally it was the hardest mm, try right. I've ever done. Um, oh, it was, so that becomes run, ride, run. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Say it again. Run, ride, run, ride, run, run instead of swim. So if you thought your legs were tied, wait until you run before and after. And what we had then that particular day, we had some real strong. Side winds and uh, gushes, oh, wow. and so the bike got on the bike. And it's hilly, it's always hilly on the yeah, table. So, um, it was a, certainly a, a challenge for a, yeah, a so few of us. When will that be? What's winter? Oh, sort of um, oh, What's the space? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it's on the website there. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to remember. I should remember. And what about you um, personally? You've got um, the truck. Have you got a big race coming up? Yeah, the World Champs. Oh, wow. Uh, in uh, 12th of September. Uh, pretty so soon. 1st yeah, of yeah. August tomorrow. Yeah. Six weeks? Yeah, Six weeks. so seven okay. weeks, something oh, like that. Wow. So uh, we'll be there'll be there's five of us from up here. In the, oh, from, who are they? Oh, oh, we've got Megan, Carmel Hickey, Libby Thomas, uh, Michael... Uh, Michael um, uh, Hasseldine. sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to think of Hasseldine. John Thompson. And uh, Sorry, John. Maybe next year, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're getting him a training plan, aren't you? 
Hmm? You, you're giving him a training plan for next year to get into the world. <laughs> yeah, team. no, he's got the big Ironman next yeah, year. That's so, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what's. Yeah. Um, so there's, yeah, so there's about five or six that's going down from memory. Oh, yeah, good, so, good. Um, if you're down there and you've got time and you think yeah, about no. it, you can do a little podcast well, yeah, so recording. Just, yeah, we're just going through the anti doping stuff now. Oh, really? it's all, well, you've been it's testing. testing. Yeah, so it's testing and now everything. How the results go? <laughs> 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 Have you worked out how to get around it? Yeah, I've got to say, it'll be probably. Can you pee in this bottle quick, Cam? I'd be probably pinged on caffeine, that's for sure. Um, yeah, oh, so, oh, man, um, that's so, that's, so that's going that's to be an exciting. Uh, exciting one. So yeah, yeah I might be, um, yeah, take out, yeah. so I'll put, yeah. get my iPhone out and well, give it a bit of a review. Keep an eye on Fox TV. Time, if you've got, yeah. Don't do a Ben Smith and get a selfie with your bike halfway no. through the bike course or anything like that. Yeah. 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 Give us a shout out up here in Kids. We know Will Bird went down to Bellathon. Oh, yeah, Bella, whatever it's called. Yeah, we're still waiting for our shout out. Oh, that's right. I'll give a shout out to everyone else, but not us. Come on, Sam. Come on, Will. Hey, up your game, man. Nick Lee. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's really, that'd be exciting. It'll probably be on TV. Yeah, I think you should do live, usually, yeah. live yeah. feed on the internet as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll um, keep following. Yeah, so that's uh, an exciting part. goes well. Yeah, man. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's a few of us now um, increasing the intensity now. Yeah, yeah. changing yeah. away from the 70.3 yeah. to the okay. oh, standard just, distance. distance. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. faster. All the intervals are more intense now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to get more speed and uh, trying to fit it in. Oh, watching closely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, right, thanks man. for popping in. Yeah, that's all right. No, yeah, thanks for having us. And uh, thanks, thanks always for the, uh, the the tech tips. Yeah, yeah. They're really popular. A lot of people like. Yeah, we see our ratings dip as soon as you <laughs> you have a busy week. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but then we just put pictures up of Kate Campbell, and they say, "Oh, we've got a celebrity," and then yeah. then they go back up. So we'll just keep doing. Yeah, yeah. Just put right. celebrity photos. Oh, thanks, man. Hey, let's yeah. um, let's let's throw into um, the word from our sponsors. Oh yeah, thanks, Troy. Hello, was and us. Hey Tony here, how are you? A uh, long time no no here. Uh, I hear you on podcast, but we not speak no more. I just wanted to say that I feel like the whole t-shirt thing came between us was. And I just want to say, it no problem, okay? The 10,000 shirts, we, we get rid of them. So maybe next time we can sort out better agreement. We give the 10,000 shirts... For a donation to, I don't know if you know, in June, in different city in China, we have Chinese Dog Eating Festival. So we donate that to the people there. And lots of people wear your Cairns Driver shirt at the Dog Eating Festival. Very successful in city. And they look very good. I try to send you some photos, okay? But, uh... How is Cairns shitty going? My shitty is going very good. I'm on my way to town now for work in my shitty. Lots of people come to my shitty all the time. How many people work in Cairns shitty? I hope maybe I come there for the Iron Man in Cairns shitty next year. Okay, anyway, it'd be good to talk to you again soon. Okay, bye. I hope you enjoyed this hijacked episode of the Cairns Multisport Crew podcast brought to you by Giveaway Jeff and the Brisbane office. We uh, will resume our normal programming with the guys back with probably another two or three hour episode next week. Enjoy.